Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! DFS, DGen Nation, what is up? What is happening? We are back again. We are on to week five. I, f- I will say this first, though. I felt like last week we had a pretty good week, uh, especially with the Rashad Penny call. That played very well. Yep. 49 hurt all of Rashad Penny. Um, but we are a forward-thinking show, so let's just go ahead and move on to week five. I think this week looks uh, like a pretty interesting slate. Uh, once again, it looks like you know this Bills team is going to be carrying a, a heavy amount of ownership. Josh Allen looks like he's the highest-owned quarterback on this slate, almost 20% ownership right now coming in on him. But uh, he's 8,200. Let's go ahead. Uh, if you're new here, we start at the quarterback position, and then we just go position by position. So Josh Allen's 8,200. Jalen Hurts, 8,100. And another really good game against the Cardinals. The Kyler Murray is 7,400. Justin Herbert, 7,100. Stafford is 6,400. Cousins is 6,300. Jared Goff is 6,100, which can't can't complain about that. And then Tom Brady is 6K. So I, I think this week, to me, is a little bit interesting, at least at the quarterback position, because at least or our first stacks, because I think that this Buffalo-Pittsburgh game, a lot of people are going to be coming in on this Buffalo side. But it's hard to build a Buffalo stack that you really like because they're so expensive. When you have Josh Allen at 8,200, and then if you want to play Stefan Diggs, you know he's also priced up at 8,400. It makes it tough to really get that, that that in. And I think it kind of makes you one-dimensional on what you're going to do. I think this this Philadelphia-Arizona game has a lot of appeal, especially on the Eagles side. The Eagles offense looks fantastic so far um, to start this season. And then I think... Tom Brady like doesn't make any sense either at 6K because one, they're getting Atlanta. And yes, this team has not looked great uh so far to start the season, at least it's offense, but now it looks like they have all their weapons back. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin looks like he should be good to go. So I think there's gonna be some fair ownership coming in on this game as well. But Maddie, where are you coming in this week at quarterback? So there is one game. Uh, when I took a first pass at ownership, there's one game that is standing out to me that literally nobody's going to play. And and Kev, you mentioned right, bef- right before we hopped on, I think the last thing you said was there are no games with a total over 50 this week. Well, there's one game that's rather close that is going that is projected into w- the one to two percent range for the QB and the main wide receivers and and the running backs, and that is Cleveland and the Chargers. Uh, we've seen this Cleveland defense has been absolutely abysmal to start the year. And the four quarterbacks that they have faced, they face Baker Mayfield, Joe Flacco, who they give up over 300 yards and four touchdown passes to, Mitch Trubisky, and Marcus Mariota. The defense has allowed 24, 31, 17, and 23 points. And now they have to face Justin Herbert. And what is a, a condensed offense right now because of the injuries that the Chargers have. 
uh, we saw last week, you know, we both you and I were all over the Eckler call that we had. We we said that he was due for for touchdowns to be scored, and he scored three of them. And the thing with Eckler is he's not going to have the goal line role, it seems like. But if he's, you know, he's still going to get carries inside the 10 and inside the 20, where if he's scoring, there, you know, it's going to be seven, eight yard rush or 13 yard rush, which is exactly what he had last week. So, you know, he can, he can have monster games still uh, and, and can have multiple touchdowns like he should last week. So I really, really, really like that, that Chargers Cleveland game. And that game last year was the absolute nuts. It was like, what was it, 47 to 42 or something ridiculous? And that was with Baker Mayfield at QB. And Jacoby Brissett doesn't look awful uh, this year either. Like, he he v- looks like he very well could, you know, k- have Cleveland keep pace if needed. Like, if the Chargers push him originally, uh, he definitely could find Amari Cooper and David Njoku over and over and over again. And that's not not even mentioning, you know, the, the really good matchup that the Browns have to run the football against the Chargers with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So, I see the Browns putting up a ton of points. and. I think Justin Herbert is going to sling the rock all over this atrocious Browns defense. So I completely agree that that Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts are probably number one and number two in terms of the most optimal play. And then Brady absolutely would probably be my number three. And I, I slide him in at three just because he doesn't have the rushing upside those first two guys have. But man, for tournaments this week, that that Chargers-Cleveland game, it has a, what, a 47.5 total and a two-point spread. And it's coming in at one percent owned. Sign me up, Wally. Well, I appreciate you as always with a twenty dollars super chat. DJ Nation, what is up? Happy to have you here as always, Walido. Um, yeah, I agree. I think that that game really stood out to me. It looks like Keenan Allen's going to miss again. So I think that you know with Mike Williams, and then you still have Gerald Everett, who I to me I don't know why his price hasn't come up from where he's at right now at forty two hundred dollars. Because, I mean, three of the four games he's played so far this year, he scored double-digit uh, DK points, 14, 13, and 17.1. I just don't understand uh, why he is still being priced at 42. I feel like he should be moving up a little bit further, but they're just not moving him at all. And then, you know, I think Joshua Palmer would still be in play too. But I definitely agree. And also, I mean, they, they may be without, you know, uh, Miles Garrett again this week because of that that car injury or that car, injury, car wreck that, he's, uh, that he was in. And so if he's out again, that is no pass rush they're going to be able to get. And so and Clown, Clowney missed last week too. Is he going to be out again? I haven't seen an injury update on him. He's he's there. He has a shot of missing as well. So yeah. So if if Clowney and and I'm expecting you know I would expect Garrett to be out. It sounds like even if he were to play, uh, they said that it's going to severely limit what he can do. So that I mean, Miles Garrett's been a big reason why that Cleveland defense has been so good, right? Because when you you generate pressure on the QB, it just it just creates uh, causes problems for for passing offenses. So, um, yeah, the, the, that's definitely really really big. To, a really big point that I didn't mention was was the issues that they're having with injuries on the defensive side of the ball. And then, like you mentioned, Keenan Allen being out more than likely because he hasn't practiced at all yet this week, uh, and Jalen Guyton's on IR. Uh, so, I mean, the wide receiver rotation is, you know, it's pretty locked into Mike Williams, uh, Josh Palmer and, and DeAndre Carter for now. So, and it's typically an offense where, you know, they rotate, rotate in five or six wide receivers and, you know, three or four tight ends, but we don't have that right now. It's, it's, it's very funneled to Eckler and Mike Williams and Josh Palmer, and then Everett gets, can get involved as well. And I know Donald Parham's, he's either back this week or came back last week, but 
you know, I still think Everett's the guy there, but you could even, you know, go, just go Herbert, uh, Eckler and Mike Williams, get the three big guys for the chargers and then run it back with Njoku or, or Chubb or somebody like that. So you don't even have to include Everett, but I agree. Everett, he's definitely priced very cheap. So yeah, that, that game, I'm glad you like that game too, because that's, that game really stands out to me, especially when you look at ownerships. Yeah, it was one of the first things I saw. And much like last week, I feel like they're going to go overlook because either people are going to want to pay up and get to, you know, the Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts or, you know, all at the top of Josh Allen. Yeah, I'm seeing 1% for Herbert, 1% for Mike Williams, uh, 2%, 3% for Nick Chubb. Um, Eckler is going to be like 10%, but I mean, if you're game stacking, you're already different. So, yeah, it's it's legit unowned. Yeah. Um, now, if, if we're wanting to pay down at quarterback this week, I think there's some different options. I think that, you know, Ryan Tannehill or Carson Wentz in this game against, you know, Tennessee versus Washington, both of these defenses are really bad. And so I think that is a spot you could go. But I kind of like Cooper Rush uh, in this matchup against the Rams. The Rams have not been very good against the pass so far to start the year. And. They right now they rank 25th in pass DVOA on the year. They allow like the second or third most receiving or second or third most uh, points uh, DK points to quarterbacks uh, on the season and and to wide receivers. I mean, it's, there's there's secondary has just been just eaten alive. And so, like Cooper Rush has been a functional quarterback. They really haven't had to be pushed that much because of the matchups they've been in with you know the Giants and the. The Washington game where they kind of tra- led the whole game. They never really had to open up this offense. I feel like, you know, if the Rams offense can get going a little bit, I think Cooper Rush could actually be a really, a really sneaky play here. He's going to carry no ownership whatsoever. Uh, less than 1% uh, owned right now and, and uh, ownership projections. And I just think at 5,400, if you're wanting to pay down at quarterback, I think that that is a spot that uh, I kind of like, like getting to right there. But is there any low owned guys that you really like, or not low owned, but low price guys that you like? I would just play Brady if I'm playing cheap. Six K for Tom Brady against Atlanta is it just seems wrong. But I mean, obviously, they obviously could just get the running backs involved very, very heavily. Uh, but I just don't. I don't know. It feels like it just feels like one of those get right spots for an offense that's been sputtering, especially in the past game. So. No, I agree, but I mean, right now he's coming in at you know the second highest owned quarterback, yeah. right? You know, behind Josh for sure. Allen. But if if I'm paying down, I'm just going to pay down for Brady and and be different elsewhere. I don't like the one game that I guess stands out a little bit would be from a cheap quarterback perspective would be uh, New Orleans and Seattle. Uh, you know, that's two defenses that haven't been great, especially Seattle. They've been absolute stone worst against pass pass uh, passing attacks. But I mean, can you stomach playing Andy Dalton against them, uh, or do you just play Chris Olave as a one-off, who's going to be one of the higher-owned guys on the slate? So it's, you know, some of these games that are, you know, just bad, like I won't say they're bad offenses, but you know, guys that you wouldn't normally back to to break a slate, like Andy Dalton to Chris Olave, it just doesn't feel like a slate-breaking connection. But yet Olave is going to come in as probably the highest-owned wide receiver on the slate, considering he's not not priced over six K. And leads the NFL in air yards. So, um, yeah, there's going to be ownership is going to be very interesting this week because there's guys that make sense on paper. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's still Andy Dalton throwing him the football and 
you know, that game could definitely go sideways uh, just from, you know, I mean, how good is, you know, Geno Smith going to play for the entire year? You know, is it, at what point does he cool down? So, or, or does he continue to, to play really well? Um, so those are, you know, the things that remain to be seen, but I just think from overall games perspective, I think you either stack up a game that you think can go nuclear, which for me would be Cleveland and, and the chargers, or you just play one of those offenses that should have the ball a ton because the, the opposing team may not be able to move the ball as much. Uh, and that's, you know, Philly against Arizona, Arizona's look God awful this year. Um, Obviously, Buffalo against Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay against Atlanta. And, you know, Atlanta's already already missing Cordero Patterson. Uh, they might be without Kyle Pitts. He hasn't practiced this week. So that Atlanta offense could look very different for an offense that's actually been pretty good. Uh, you know, if, if Atlanta had been fully healthy, I'd say, you know, it, just load up that Atlanta-Tampa Bay game, right? But um, Atlanta's not really healthy right now. So it's, you know, there definitely is uh, – I guess it, it, it makes just full onslaughting Tampa Bay without an Atlanta run back would probably be how I see it. Um, I guess you could play Allgaier, which we'll talk about at running back because he's, you know, 4,700 as your run back. But um, at the same time, I mean, Tampa just, could just get keep getting the ball over and over again and Brady could throw for 300 yards and five touchdowns. We've seen Brady do that, you know, where the Tampa wins by 35 and Brady's got four or five touchdown passes. Uh, so just a matter of how you want to approach from an ownership perspective. But yeah, for me, it's, it's Allen and Hertz up top, Herbert in the middle and Brady down low. I am seeing that uh, Trevor Lawrence has the, looks like the fourth highest projected ownership right now, at least, you know, as of, you know, recording this on Thursday night. And I, mean, I really do like this game, this Houston Jacksonville game. I think this could be a game that uh, has some shootout potential. This also is uh Two teams that are surprisingly, uh, in terms of neutral game script or neutral pace, uh, Jacksonville ranks fifth and Houston ranks sixth at pace so far to start the season. So there could be a lot of plays run here in this game. But I don't know if I would want to go for like a full-on, you know, like Jacksonville stack. But I do really like the running backs in this game. Um, and we'll talk about that when we get over there. But um, I think for me right now, uh, if I'm paying up, I, I totally agree that Justin Herbert or Jalen Hurts would be the two guys that I really want to get access to. And then if I'm paying down, you know, I, I, I'll definitely have some Tom Brady exposure. And then I, I think I am going to play a little bit of this Cooper Rush versus the, the Rams. I just, he's played really well. And, you know, he's made, really made it to where, you know, the, the Cowboys don't have to rush Dak Prescott back at all because of how well he's played. And, this Rams defense does not look very good. So it might be a little bit of a slim play at 5,400, but, you know. Just keep an uh, eye on CeeDee Lamb because he missed practice today. Yeah, we'll see on that. I mean, if he's out, then, I, yeah, I'll be I'll be out on that. Like, I'm not playing him without CeeDee Lamb, but um, I do. I, I think he'll play, so. Yeah, because he avoided the injury report on Wednesday, but um, then popped up with a groin injury on Thursday with an, a DMP. So that's definitely a slight concern. We've we've seen some of this stuff too uh, from from teams. Uh, I think David and Joku was the same way. He missed Thursday with uh, all of a sudden a knee injury, and the next thing you know, he came back on Friday and practiced in full. So um, it could just could be like a maintenance day or something like that for CD Lamb. But anyways, uh, let's keep it moving here. Let's go over to the running back position, and we have Christian McCaffrey up top at eighty five hundred, Derrick Henry eighty two hundred, Nick Chubb who we just kind of talked about at eight K. 
Austin Eckler, 7,800. Then you have Dalvin Cook at 7,300. Uh, Leonard or DeAndre Swift at 7K, but I don't think he's going to play. He has yet to practice this week. And I think the plan for him is to return week seven after their bye. Leonard Fournette, 6,900. Alvin Kamara might be the cheapest we've seen him in a really long time in just an absolutely smash matchup against Seattle at 6,600. Najee Harris at 6,500. Jamal Williams at 6,500. Miles Sanders at 6,500. Alexander Madison, for whatever reason, is 6,400. James Robinson is 63. And then you have James Conner at 63. Damian Pierce at 62. David Montgomery, who returned to a limited practice today at 6,200. Devin Singletary at 61. And Kareem Hunt at 6K. So of these top guys, who are the ones that you have the most interest in? Uh, I already alluded to the uh, Chargers-Cleveland game. I, I just don't see a way that either defense stops each other. So Eckler and Chubb are absolutely in play. And we know that Cleveland will want to run the ball. And that, so uh, something to think about too, like a way that that game shoots out, like the counter argument to that game is Cleveland wants to run the ball, right? So, and you would think that that would slow the game down, but if Cleveland has success running the ball, that means Nick Chubb is ripping off 15, 25, 35, 40 yard runs. And, you know, they're coming in chunks and it's not, you know, three yards here four yards there, six yards here. It's, it's the, their big plays and Nick Chubb's running for, you know, 165 yards and, and two touchdowns. And, you know, that's how it turns into a shootout. So like there is paths to Cleveland having success on the ground and that game's still, you know, going nuclear. So I absolutely do like Nick Chubb and, and Eckler and even Kareem Hunt as well. So uh, those two guys would be the two that I pay up for. Other than that, if, if, um, Rashad White hadn't become a thing last week. I would say Leonard Fournette would be somebody that I'd be heavily eyeing at 6,900 on my non, non Tom Brady teams. Um, but with how heavily White was involved, uh, you know, he was getting goal line carries and got a ton of pass game work. And I know they were trailing the whole time, but going into last week, the coaches said they wanted to get White more involved and they don't want Leonard Fournette playing, you know, 85, 90% of the snaps anymore. Uh, they want him to, you know, kind of take take a load off a little bit and get white involved and white actually looks really good to me. So um, there, there's no reason that he can't continue to be involved. So I would like Leonard Fournette here, but I just can't do it after seeing the the rotation last week. Um, so after that, I mean, I'm just going to drop all the way down and play these, these five K guys this week. We've got both Patriots guys are in play. Damian Harrison, Ramondre Stevenson are 55 and 5,600. The, the Patriots with Bailey Zapp at, at quarterback, who actually slung the rock in college. I mean, he threw for like 5,700 yards and a ridiculous amount of touchdowns at, what was he, at BYU? Um, so that guy, you know, he can throw the ball a little bit. And he almost led the Patriots to a, a, a win in Lambeau Field against Aaron Rodgers last week. Um, and this is finally a matchup. We've seen the Patriots play from behind for four weeks in a row. This is finally a matchup where they can get going on the ground and really control control the game. Uh, they are they're favored at home uh, in, by a couple points, and so you know, that's obviously good for running backs. And we know that New England very well could give both of their running backs twenty plus touches. So um, I like both Harris and and Ramondre. I could see Harris going for over hundred yards and two touchdowns. Ramondre is going to still be involved in the pass game, especially with a third string quarterback in there. Um, who isn't mobile. So it's uh, definitely a, a spot that I'm going to have interest in is the New England guys. Uh, then then there's two others. Brees Hall is one of them. Uh, it's not the greatest 
matchup on the ground uh, facing Miami, but he should be able to be heavily involved in the pass game still. I think he leads all running backs in in depth of target. They target him down the field, and, and he saw a good chunk of targets from Zach Wilson in his first start. So uh, he's somebody who is very talented, and anytime he's going to have heavy, heavy usage, uh, he's somebody I want to have exposure to. And then Raheem Mostert is the other guy. Uh, he is he is starting to take over that that Miami backfield, and with Teddy Bridgewater in there, uh, they could look to you know lean on the run a little bit more than they would if if Tua was in. I think they're still going to throw the ball a ton, uh, to especially to Tyreek. But um, Mostert has shown that he is becoming the main guy. I think he played seventy percent of the snaps last week, even in a game that they were trailing to Cincinnati the whole time. Most most Mostert was out there, and and especially in the two minute drill, which is encouraging because, you know, that's a spot you would think Chase Edmonds would, would be out there, but nope, it was Raheem was out there in garbage time uh, or in the two minute drill, you know, trying to play catch up. Um, so very encouraging usage there out of Miami uh, for him. And I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll talk about uh, Tyler Allgaier. I, I saw you put out a tweet on him uh, earlier this week about, you know, waiver wire runs. So I'll let you, you discuss him, but just real quick on his matchup. I mean, Tampa Bay is, historically been not somebody we, we want to target on the ground, but they have not been good against the run this year. Um, I think they've given up a couple hundred yard rushers already. So yeah, it's, it's not as bad of a spot as you think. And he caught what, what did all guy catches his last year in college, like 23 passes. So um, I mean, he is a very, very capable pass catcher in a game that, you know, Atlanta should be trailing. Yeah. Um, I think for me this week, you know, outside of like, you know, love Nick Chubb. And like right now, if his ownership stays where it's at, I'm going to have a lot of Nick Chubb because right now he's less than 5% owned uh, ownership projection right now. And that just seems incredibly low in this spot, in this matchup against the Chargers. Um, I get that they're, you know, they are, um, they are uh, not favored in this game, but still um, he has been incredible so far to start the season. And, you know, if I can get him at less than 4%, uh, you know, ownership, I will take that all day. But, uh, some of the guys that I, I really do like in, in some of these ranges, I think one is James Robinson. I know he wasn't great last week. He only played 46% of the snaps and also saw a season low in carries yards, targets and touchdowns last week against the, um, I guess the Philadelphia Eagles, but that game was just a, a really weird game. The weather was not great, but there was a ton of turnovers there for, uh, for this um, for this Jacksonville team, Trevor Lawrence fumbled it a couple of times, um, and so it's just it was it was a really ugly game for them. But this is a terrific spot against Houston. Houston is absolutely dreadful against the run. They've allowed the most DK points to running backs on the season, and they've also uh, they've allowed the most rushing yards and touchdowns to running backs as well uh, on the year. And so I actually think James Robinson and Travis Etienne are kind of both viable options. I think this is a game that they can control. And I, so I think, you know, with that being said, I think game script will play a big part here. And James Robinson is cheap enough, um, that I think that he does, uh, you know, warrant some consideration at $6,300. So I do like him. And then if you want to flip it over to the other side of the game, just like I talked about last week, Damian Pierce continues to look like the guy in this backfield right now. Um, uh, over the last two weeks, he's finished, you know, he has put up, uh, you know, top eight performances on the week. And then, you know, last week, he, or he scored 18 and 26 each of the last couple of weeks as well. And then um, right now, I mean, Jacksonville uh, allowed 11th most uh, DK points on the season. 
but they've been in a lot of positive game scares. So teams haven't been able to run on them as much. Um, so that they've they've allowed like the, it's like they've had like the seventh fewest rushing attempts uh, against them so far to start the year, and a lot of that's just been because of game scripts that they've been in. So Damian Pierce makes a lot of sense. And last week he saw six targets last week in that game. Um, and so if he's going to be utilized like that, plus get the pass catching work, um, he is he is still cheap enough where I think he makes a lot of sense where he has turned into kind of the, the full bell cow. He almost handled 70% of the snaps last week. So $6,200 Damian Pierce, uh, I really like that as well. And then from there, uh, I think a couple other options. I think Devin Singletary uh, could be a, a really nice option, especially some leverage off of the passing game or at least Josh Allen. Because uh, I don't think a lot of people are going to be playing the running back from this game, uh, you know, from the Bills. And he's really kind of taken over as the workhorse over the last two games. He's played 72 in 87% of the snaps. And something that uh, kind of surprises me a little bit is that he's actually number one among all running backs and routes run so far to start the year. And he's fifth in targets. So he's seeing a lot of pass catching work. Pittsburgh is, is, has been targeted fifth most uh, by running backs through the first four weeks of the season. They've also allowed the eighth most DK points, and they uh, they are currently twentieth um, in rush DVOA on the year. So I think Singletary is somebody that does make a lot of sense at his price at sixty one hundred. If you you know from there, I think there are other options that people would rather get to. And so I think Devin Singletary is a is in a very very good spot. I one hundred percent agree that Damian Harris from Andre Stevenson make uh, makes some sense here. This is a terrific matchup. I actually lean Stevenson over uh, over Harris. It's kind of uh, Harris has only played has only played forty percent of the snaps so far this year to Stevenson's fifty one percent of the snaps, and they're pretty even in terms of opportunity share. But uh, Stevenson has actually been utilized more as a pass catcher here and over over Harris. And you know, with as good as this Lions offense is look, if they trail at all, I think Stevenson's going to be the guy. And Stevenson's actually been far more efficient. He, he ranks eighth in yards created per touch. He's uh, um, so far to start of the year, and Lions allow the second most DK points, and they rank 32nd in rush DVOA. So it's an absolute smash matchup for these running backs here for the Patriots. So, you know, especially at their cost, you know, Damian Harris is 5,600 and Ramondre Stevenson's 5,500. It just, it, they make a ton of sense to me. Now, in terms of Tyler Algier, like I don't mind him at forty seven hundred dollars. Um, I believe that's where he's coming in at in terms of ownership. Uh, forty, yeah, forty seven hundred dollars against Tampa. I don't mind him, you know, uh, especially this week because you know it's really going to be him and Caleb Huntley are kind of the two running backs now. Cordell Patterson on the on the shelf, and Tyler Algier is actually a good pass catching running back, and so I think he can be the guy that, that soaks up the pass catching work as well. Um, last week, I mean, he looked like the best running back they had back there. Last week, uh, he had almost 100, or he had over 100 total yards in that game uh, last week. So I actually think Tyler Algier at 4,700, he's not going to carry a ton of ownership despite his price because of the matchup against Tampa Bay. And so I don't mind going there. I don't think it's like a, it's not a Rashad Penny type spot that we talked about last week. But I think if you're wanting to pay down at running back, like that would be the guy that I would probably go to and take a look at because of this, this opportunity. Um, past that, you know, I think a guy like Miles Sanders could, could also be a, a pretty a pretty nice play. Get some leverage off of Jalen Hurts at sixty five hundred. Arizona has been not very good against the run either, so I think he's somebody that I that I'd be looking at as well. I mean, he's almost been like a true bell cow in that offense. Uh, he's he's played almost sixty percent of the snaps, but he's handled seventy percent of the opportunities. He's sixth in carries among all running backs right now. He's tenth in red zone touches, 
and he's um, scoring uh, quite a bit of fantasy points. So, and Arizona uh, is inside the top 10 of, of most fantasy points allowed uh, to running backs as well. So, uh, I think Miles Sanders is also a spot you could go to, even with Boston Scott trending towards looking like he's going to play. So, um, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, well, you know, Jeff Wilson, 5,500. I- I'm not playing him. One, I'm not playing anybody from that game. That yeah, game is disgusting. Right. And then right now, Jeff Wilson is projected to be the second highest owned. Oh, yeah. Miss me with that. Miss me with that. Right now, he's projected at 20% ownership. I think in smaller field stuff, he could be even higher. And with all the running backs we just talked about in that 5K range, especially like the Patriots running backs, I'll play them. Uh, you know, I'll play, I'll play, play one of them before I get to Jeff Wilson. So. Yeah, I'm not playing any of Fournette, Wilson, Kamara. Those with those three guys coming in at around twenty percent owned, there's there's red flags for each of those, and we just laid out you know four, five, six, seven different guys other than those guys that could absolutely smash this week. So I don't think there's a a reason to to pay, uh, especially for Kamara and and Fournette. Like you're paying up for those guys. I mean, sixty six hundred and sixty nine hundred is not free. Um, and Jeff Wilson fifty five hundred, that's not free either. So like the, these guys definitely aren't free squares and, and they're going to come in with high ownership. There's definitely red flags surrounding each of them. Yeah. Um, are you have any interest in Jamal Williams? Cause New England's been really bad against the run. Too. I think they ranked like 31st or 30th and rush DVOA on the year. Do you have any interest in them or uh, in him or no? He's 6,500. Uh, I mean, you, you kind of have to, because I mean, if the offense is going to do anything, it's going to run through him and Hawkinson, assuming Amon Ra doesn't play. I don't know. I just, I just get a weird feeling about them going to New England. And I know this isn't, you know, this isn't the New England dynasty we're used to seeing, but still, it's still Bill Belichick against, you know, and we, you know, Kev, I think you and I on on podcasts in, in years past have talked about Jared Goff's struggles on the road compared to him being at home. And, you know, a big, big part of that when he was in LA was he was getting the, you know, McVeigh would loves to run that, the, the plays th- and talk to the QB up to the 15 second mark when the headset shuts off. Uh, so, you know, you can't really do that as, as easily when you're on the road with a ton of noise. And I don't know, just they're, the lines are, are underdogs on the road in new England. The total is only like 44 or 45. It just feels like a trappy spot after they absolutely broke the slate last week. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I mean, I don't mind getting to him if you can, but like, he's not a priority either. Um, so I'd rather just play a couple of the five K guys or get up to Chubb and Eckler, or even Kareem Hunt. I don't mind Kareem Hunt either. All right, I think that pretty much wraps up the running back position here. Um, is there anybody else that you wanted to, t- to touch on? I think that's it. All right, let's jump over to wide receiver. Uh, once again, Cooper Cup, $9,600, and he has been every bit worth it uh, to this point, um, almost on a weekly basis because of how many uh, points he's putting up. I mean, really outside of week three where he scored 16.4. Uh, was he kind of the only week that, uh, that I guess you, he didn't pay off? But uh, Justin Jefferson's 8,900. Stephon Diggs is 8,400. Tyreek is 8K. Debo is 7,700. Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, who hasn't practiced, and I highly, highly doubt he plays this week with him being on bye next week, is 7,600. And then A.J. Brown is 7,500. Marquise Brown is 7,200. And then you have uh, Mike Williams at 71. C.D. Lamb at 7K. Mike Evans, 6,900. D.K. Metcalf, 6,800. Waddle, Keenan Allen, 
who I don't think is going to play. Christian Kirk, Gabe Davis, Adam Thielen, Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, Brandon Cooks, and Amari or Amari Cooper and Devontae Smith make up the 6K range and above. So who are you going to at, at this top price? Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I mean, it's really hard not to like Cooper Cobb. <laughs> I mean, 19 targets last week. Uh... I think, you know, we, what was it, week three when he had six targets or whatever it was? I think that was like his first time not going over 100 yards and or having 20 DK points in like since 2019 or something stupid. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's very hard not to play Cooper Cup here. And and so the thing the thing with the Rams offense right now is they're, they were missing, especially last week, they were missing uh, a couple – starting offensive lineman. And when you're playing a defense that can get after the quarterback, you have to get the ball out quickly. So it, it results in a lot of Tyler Higby targets and it results in a lot of Cooper cup targets because those are the the routes that happen closest to the line of scrimmage. And you've got Allen Robinson and uh, trying to work the ball downfield a little bit, which he's not been very good at. So um, yeah, it's just, you know, I just, I mean, this Dallas defense is good. Yes. But I don't think they have an answer for Cooper cup. I mean, Diggs plays outside and we've seen, you know, Diggs loves to, when he does guard these, you know, top tier wide receivers, he loves to try to jump their routes and tends to get burned on double moves. And um, I know he hasn't really been burned this year, but it, he still is trying to jump routes and and, and do all that. So the, Vegas has the Rams as five point favorites in a game that feels like it probably should be a little closer with how poorly the Rams have been playing. But yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, the Rams' whole offense right now is Cooper Cup. They're they're not running the ball effectively. Uh, it's Cup and Higby on offense, and it's mainly Cup. Higby hasn't caught a touchdown yet, but that very well could come against Dallas. Um, so Kev, I, I honestly, I know you like Cooper Rush, but I mean, if you if if you like that game, I don't even hate Stafford, Cup, and Higby, and then running it back with CD Lamb on the other side. Like that's that's probably how I would stack that game if I was going to do it. Because I think the whole entire Rams offense is going to continue to flow through Cup and Higby, and I think 9,600 is definitely in play 
uh, for Cooper Cup here. Um, I think I'm kind of burying the lead, though, at wide receiver this week because I think the biggest news uh, that happened was Jameson Crowder broke his ankle last week. So he's going to be out for at least four weeks, maybe longer. And Isaiah McKenzie's in concussion protocol. So there's it's twofold to that, right? So if McKenzie plays, he's obviously a guy you want to jam in because Gabe Davis still looks hobbled with that ankle. He's, he's going to continue to play on a bum ankle and he's just not going to produce. Um, and, and I think Josh Allen's going to continue to throw to, to Diggs and McKenzie first and foremost, McKenzie had a touchdown last week and then he got a concussion ended up leaving the game in the second quarter. So, uh, he had 10 DK points through, through a quarter and a half. Um, so he's, McKenzie's a guy that I have heavy interest in if he plays. And if he doesn't, Khalil, Khalil Shakir is $3,200. And I will de- absolutely be playing him if if McKenzie's out uh, because he will be the starting slot wide receiver and will play almost 100%, 100% of the snaps because Kumaro is on IR as well. So the Bills are all of a sudden getting very thin at the wide receiver position. Um, and, and it could just lead to you know more da- Dawson Knox and more uh, of these slot guys. And, and even Singletary could still be heavily utilized. Um, so, I mean, I don't think Diggs is going to increase any of his production. I think he's, you know, already operating at, at what his ceiling is. So um, I think it's these, these secondary pieces that are going to get the biggest boost. But um, so those are the, that's the, really the main sit- injury situation I want to watch this week is the Bills wide receiver room. But other than that, I don't know how you don't play uh, Tyreek Hill at 8K either. I know we want to pay up for Cooper Cup, but Tyreek is up there in terms of getting a, a ton of targets. And we saw Teddy Bridgewater will feed him over and over and over again. I mean, he's got 12, 13, 4, and 14 targets this year. That's very similar to what Cooper's Cooper Cup's game log looks like at 15, 14, 6, and 19. Uh, so he's just had a little bit lower DK points uh, scored this year. But I mean, it's still still up there and, and you're getting a $1,600 discount. So I, I think playing one of those two guys makes a ton of sense. Um, and if you don't want to get up to them, AJ Brown at 7,500 uh, is very interesting. Uh, despite Byron Murphy playing very well against opposing wide receiver ones. Uh, and if you don't like AJ Brown, Devonte Smith is another guy uh, because if they shut down Brown, they will not shut down Devonte Smith because those two guys are very, very, very good wide receivers. Um, and we know Philly wants to throw the ball this year. So I really like the Philly passing attack. And Devontae Smith is affordable. He's around 6K. Uh, so that's uh, a situation that I want exposure to. I already mentioned Mike Williams, especially if you're stacking that that Chargers-Cleveland game. Mike Williams is the alpha in that offense right now. Uh, 10 targets la- – or 11 targets last week, 10 targets in week two uh, in a game that, that very well could shoot out and have back-and-forth potential. Uh, Terry McLaurin is another one that's getting a ton of air yards. Uh, and, and it's now finally facing a Tennessee defense that uh, can give up a ton of points to the wide receiver position. And Curtis Samuel has missed practice this week, as well as Dotson's dealing with an injury as well. I think it's hamstring. So that is uh, two injuries we very well need to pay attention to. I would probably still play McLaurin if both of those guys sat, but if one of those guys sat, then that's definitely a boost to McLaurin because he should see a, a few more targets. Um, and then if they all play, it's just that, that means the offense should be the most efficient that it, that it's going to be, uh, cause they have all their guys. So I like, I like McLaurin unless both of those other guys are out. Cause then the, the defense can kind of key on him. But, um, outside of that, I already mentioned Olave. He's going to be probably the highest on wide receiver on the slate because of how good he's been. 
and everybody loves, you know, chasing those, those rookie receivers like they did with Jamar Chase last year. So um, Alave is definitely a good play, but just know that there will be uh, a high amount of ownership with him. Um, outside of that, I mean, I guess you could interest me in some Elijah Moore, but not really. I guess he does have a ceiling. We just haven't seen it yet this year. Um, he's probably the one guy that I may take a shot on as you know, trying to be early on. Uh, and then if George Pickens was playing anybody other than Buffalo, uh, with Kenny Pickett coming in, Pickens led the team in target share and he was at 35%. So, uh, Pickens is a guy that I definitely am, am going to be high on for the, especially the next few weeks, but that matchup against Buffalo does scare me a little bit. Um, but that's pretty much where I stand at wide receiver this week. Yeah. So for me at wide receiver, I think, you know, especially if I'm paying up, you know, at least, you know, past the elite or the, the top tier guys, you know, Cooper Cub, obviously, but, and I think even Justin Jefferson's a really good play, but Tyree Kittle at 8k, I think is somewhere that I really want to get to. I know it's Teddy Bridgewater, but Teddy Bridgewater is at least a functional quarterback. And I think he can get the job done here. You know, Oh, look at that. Look at that. Cooper Rush is, yeah, we were just talking about Cooper Rush, and you know, all of a sudden his uh, his burner <laughs> is in, is you know? that Cooper Rush? That's that's a, if y'all awesome. it might be. I said he's a great play this week. Yeah, look, we, look what happens? Yeah, and you were all over it. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Tyree Kill though at eight K against uh, the Jets. I there's nobody on that team that, that that can stop him, and I think he's got to see a lot of targets here in this game at eight K. He's got to go overlooked. Last week he saw fourteen targets for 160 yards. He appears to be the preferred target for Teddy Bridgewater. They were really forcing the ball to him last week, even once Tua Tagovailoa went out. Um, so 8K, uh, Tyreek, he's not going to carry as much ownership. A.J. Brown is where I'm going to go to if, if I'm going to pay play for a Philly wide receiver. But if I'm going to run it back, I think Hollywood Brown definitely needs to be uh, talked about. 11, 17, and 11 targets each of the last three weeks. And so clearly the best pass catcher here for Arizona. And so... Marquise Brown at 7,200, whether you're, you're, you want to include him in part of a stack of this Philadelphia Arizona game or, uh, you know, as just a standalone option here or a mini stack, I think uh, Marquise Brown is a great play. I think that for this week, this, this game somewhat kind of has a little bit of, uh, of Tampa Bay vibes to our Tampa Bay, Seattle vibes last week. Cause right last week it was, um, Tyler, was Tyler Lockett, who was kind of carrying all the ownership and everybody was just kind of forgetting about DK Metcalf. And that really feels like it's going to be the same way this week with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, where Chris Godwin's looking at being like the second or third highest, um, highest owned wide receiver, where Mike Evans is down around 10%. I love Mike Evans in this matchup um, at his price at 6,900. Obviously, he's more expensive. Uh, so people are going to be more inclined to pay down at 5,900 for, for Chris Godwin. But just an ownership game, I think Mike Evans makes a lot of sense at $6,900 in this matchup. Uh, Christian Kirk at uh, 6,600 is 100% in play for me. Uh, he, he This dude has a 28% target share on the season. So, uh, he's almost top 10 in total targets uh, on the year as well. Seeing a lot of uh, red zone targets is, uh, to go along with it. He's also 7th in yards per route run and 13th in yards per reception as well. So Christian Kirk at that price, I think makes a lot of sense in this matchup against Houston. So, you know, again, if you want to do like a mini stack here, Christian Kirk uh, at 70 or $6,600 uh, is, is uh, I like him quite a bit as well. 
And then if you're wanting to pay down, you already mentioned Chris Olave, but he is in such a, a fantastic spot. Secondly, I'm looking at his ownership, and I really don't understand why Tyler Lockett is being projected to be the most highest-owned wide receiver on this slate. I'll have none of that. I, uh, I get he's $5,600, but New Orleans is a much better defense than what they saw last week you know, against Detroit. Yes, he has seen uh, you know a decent amount of targets, 11, 11, and 8 over the last uh, three games, but or over his last three games. But I don't know. Like it, it just seems to feel a little bit trappy with with Tyler Lockett. I'll let other people uh, have that experience, and I, I just I just rather avoid it uh, there. Heck, if I was going to do anything, maybe I would just go up to DK Metcalf um, in that game. But I don't think you really need to. The other guy, uh, Robert Woods, at fifty two hundred dollars for wanting to pay down for a mid mid tier guy. He does make a ton of sense, especially with Traylon Burks looking like he's definitely going to miss. He has a 20% target share in this offense. And uh, Washington has allowed the most DK points to wide receivers and the most touchdowns to wide receivers as well. So he is 100% in play at his price um, if you're wanting to pay down a little bit at wide receiver. And then, you know, the the middle tier guys, um, I think like Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds is, is somebody that I think you could be looking at. Uh, last week, he saw pretty uh, eight targets in that game last week, 80 yards and a touchdown. There's nobody really in New England that really worries me in their secondary, especially after they lost J.C. Jackson to the Chargers. So $4,900 Josh Reynolds, I think, uh, you know, if you're wanting to pay down at wide receiver, I also think uh, if Jacoby Myers is able to return, he got into limited practice again. And I actually think Mac Jones is going to play, um, unless they've already he's already been ruled out. But I know he returned to practice as well, and they said he looked good. Um, so if, if he does, I, Jacoby Myers uh, could be a guy who sees ten plus targets against this really terrible, terrible Detroit secondary. So Jacoby Myers, if you're wanting to pay down at forty eight hundred dollars, he's not a sexy name. I don't think he has an incredibly high ceiling, but somebody that could give you like fifteen, eighteen uh, DK points, I think, is within the range of possibility. And then I think Zay Jones would be the other guy if, if he's able to play. He came back limited practice this week. Um, but the last game we saw from him, uh, he had 11, uh, 11 targets as well. So um, I think of all the wide receivers, that, that's kind of what I'm looking at here uh, for, for me this week. If you're wanting to really pay down, like, you know, I think the the call you made, Clear Curry, he was actually going to be the guy that I was going to talk about if you're wanting to kind of dumpster dive a little bit because he is set up to absolutely being – the slot wide receiver for this team. And that is absolutely something we should be looking for. And $3,200 is something that, uh, I mean, he doesn't have to do a whole lot to be able to uh, beat that prize. And he could end up seeing seven or eight targets in that game. So um, do you have any other wide receivers you want to hit on? Uh, no, I just realized I never, I never mentioned the Tampa Bay guys on when I was doing my rant, but yeah, they're obviously at the, at the top of my list uh, for sure. Um, they're going to be a, a little popular, but, I don't think it's going to be out of control, especially with Lockett and Olave looking like they're going to be the highest on wide receivers on the slate. I mean, that takes away from Chris Godwin ownership for sure. Cause they're the same price. Um, but yeah, I, with Lockett and Olave being that high owned, uh, that makes me like Devonte Smith at that same price even more as well. He's, he's going to be like 2%, 3% owned. Uh, and, and if Byron Murphy does have success against AJ Brown, I mean, it's going to be Goddard and, and Devontae Smith that have success for Philly. Um, and I was just going to say that you – I think that you can probably end up playing Sha- Shakir whether McKenzie plays or not because uh, he's going to take the Crowder role and could end up seeing, a, you know, a, an expanded role outside of that because when he came on the field, uh, it, it, Josh Allen was targeting him right away. So, 
there was no wait. Let's wait around and get the get the rookie. You know, let it, you know, let him get his feet wet. Uh, that was a game. You know, against Baltimore, Baltimore in really bad weather, they were trying to win and they were targeting him down the stretch. So, thirty two hundred opens up a lot this week uh, for you uh, for a slate where there's not really any value. Um, he does a lot for you and allows you to pay it for quite a few guys. So I think that he's definitely in consideration whether, whether McKenzie plays or not. <clears throat> yeah. Um, let's go ahead and jump over to tight end here. And George Kittle is at the top at $5,200. And we just continue to wait for him to actually, you know, for San Francisco to decide to actually use I think him. his days are over. It's, I don't know. I don't know. It's super, he's going to have a week where he just goes absolutely nuclear and goes, for 100, you know, 150 yards and two touchdowns and absolutely breaks the slate. I don't know if this is the spot or not against Carolina, but he's only $5,200. Then you have Hawkinson at 49, Zach Hurts, Dallas Goddard, Kyle Pitts, who I don't know if he's going to play either, uh, was was not did not practice today um, at 4,400. Then Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, Patty Fry, David Njoku, Conklin, Dawson Knox are kind of all the guys right here. One, I also mentioned, you mentioned Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox did not practice today either. He didn't practice yesterday, nor did he practice today. And there you go. Sha- Shakir could take over even more <laughs> of the short short roll. Yeah. And McKenzie. So, yeah, so he may not even play either. So, anyways, I tied in. Uh, who, who are kind of your, your favorite options here? So, I do really like Higby. I don't like the fact that he's projecting as the highest zone tight end at 25% or 22%, whatever it is right now. Um, that's definitely concerning. But for the reasons that we liked Eckler last week, I like Higby this week. I think Higby is due. He's due to score touchdowns. And when he does, he's going to have, I think he's going to be a two touchdown game. Um, And, you know, with the targets that he's seeing, if he scores two touchdowns, he will, he's going to pull a TJ Hawkinson and break the slate. Uh, Cause he has a hundred yard upside. He has 10 catch upside. Um, I don't know that he'll get there this week, but he very well, could go, you know, six catches, 75 yards and two touchdowns, which puts you at 25 DK points at 4,500. So it's very much in play. But the fact that he's going to be, you know, probably the highest owned tight end is it has me concerned and has me wanting to look elsewhere. And the elsewhere is going to come from two games for me. And that's both sides of Chargers and Cleveland. Uh, Njoku and, and Everett are very interesting. And both sides of Philly and Arizona, Ertz and Goddard are the other two guys that I'm looking at. So those four tight ends are, are very much in play for me. Um, it's, it's great matchups and guys that are, you know, key pieces of their offense. So, and are projecting his lower run. Well, you like the exact same guys that I like, so I'm not even going to touch on them. Um, the only th- a couple guys that I would talk, Dalton Schultz at 3,400 is just incredibly too cheap. Like the guy, he should be a 4k tight end. Um, now he is, he has been dealing with a PCL injury and he only saw three targets last week, but, um, I, I think at $3,400 in this matchup against the Rams, I, I really do like that at $3,400. You don't need him to do a ton. And then also if you're wanting to get a little bit different in a stack, uh, a Tom Brady stack, um, it sounds like, um, Cameron Brait is probably not going to play this week. He suffered a concussion. He has yet, he has not even returned to practice, but yeah, Kate Otten. He was only, I think, $2,500, $2,600. Nobody's going to play him, but yeah, he's $2,500, so he's a stone man. And, and so, I, like I tell everybody, if a quarterback is going to throw five touchdowns, there's a really good chance that tight end is catching one or two of them. Yeah, and so I just think that no ownership's coming his way, and he looks to be the starting tight end here. 
And so I, I do think Kate Auden uh, makes a little bit of sense here. And do you think, do you think Brady has to throw four or five touchdowns to keep pace with the, the running QBs? Like, I know he's only six K and the other guys are eight K, but with the, the Josh Allen and Jalen hurts they're and especially in these matchups, like, they're probably going to score 30 to 35, I would think. And even, even you can even throw Herbert in that conversation. Like I, I think Herbert can get, gets a 30 this week. So these are guys that can, you know, score rushing touchdowns. Um, Does Brady have to throw four to five touchdowns t- to match them? I think he does Uh, probably at least to match their ceiling. I mean, if you look last week, I mean, just against Kansas city where he threw for 385 yards and three scores. I mean, that was good for 29. And, you know, not that's not obviously a bad uh, score, obviously, especially as, as price. But, you know, he the, he he needs to to be able to match the, you know, 35, mm-hmm. almost 40 uh, fantasy point ceiling that guys like Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen have. And so, yes, he absolutely needs to go off uh, for him to pay. So off. I don't even hate I don't even hate just playing both Godwin and Evans and Otten. And throwing Otten in there as a three-man stack with Brady, because if he's throwing five, I mean, you're just you're just going to capture all of it. And I guess he could throw one to a running back, but I mean, I don't know. I just think if he's throwing five TDs, it's I wouldn't be I, all that to say is I wouldn't be afraid at at these pass catcher prices. Evans is not above seven K. Godwin's not above six K, and and Otten's near min price at tight end. Like I wouldn't be afraid to throw three of them in there together because if Brady's throwing five touchdowns, I mean, there's a good chance all three of them could hit. Would you run it back with anybody on the other side? My run back would have been Kyle Pitts, but I I'm skeptical of him even playing. I think if I was my original first look at the slate with my dummy lineup was Brady Evans Godwin with a Pitts run back, leaving Otten off. But if you're playing Otten, obviously you. You don't want to double double dip tight end this year, um, really anytime. But um, I just with the injuries that Atlanta has, I think that Tampa Bay can take away Drake London if Pitts doesn't play and they're already without Cordero Patterson, Allgaier, Algier, what however you say his name, uh, he, Tyler Algier. Yeah, Algier. So he would probably be the run back that I force in because he's 4,700 and plays a, a running back position that we have consistently wanted to pay down at. And we know he can catch passes. Uh, the issue with, with Atlanta is they just haven't really thrown the ball this year. So like, I, I know we, we've talked about, you know, Patterson's not really running a ton of routes or not really catching a ton of passes, but Atlanta just hasn't thrown the ball a ton this year. And and if, you know, Brady gets, gets out to a 14, 17 point lead early, I mean, they're going to have to throw. Um, so. I mean, Atlanta wants to run the ball, and even if they get behind, Algier can definitely be involved in the pass game. So he would probably be my run back. But I don't think it's absolutely necessary to run back Atlanta this week. Same same with Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Yeah. Um, I Well, I would feel a little bit better doing it if I was with on the Pittsburgh side, just because you have, I think you have a little bit better options with Deontay Johnson or George Pickens or even Najee Harris for that matter. Um, but now uh, – but on Atlanta, I mean, I feel like it's really like Algier or Al, uh, Algier and, I mean, Drake London at this point. Uh, or you're probably your only options that you have to run it back. But I also think this game could just be an absolute bloodbath that, that Tampa Bay just comes in and steamrolls them. I know that Atlanta has been uh, really actually um, very competitive so far to start the year. But 
I don't know. This just feels like a game that Tampa Bay comes in and just inserts their will. So, um, anyways, I, I think that's enough for the tight ends. Anyway, uh, in terms of uh, defense this week, is there any you know cheap options? You know, it's kind of where we always start that you would look to you know get in this week. Dallas is interesting. I know you. Li- I know you like that game, but uh, that offensive line is really banged up right now, and Stafford. Uh, you know, we saw that he struggled against a a good San Francisco front uh, this past week, and and Dallas w- with when they have Micah Parsons rushing the QB, they don't have to blitz; they can run a four man front like like San Francisco runs. How uh, you know they have Demarcus Lawrence and and Parsons that can get after the quarterback, and you don't have to you know blitz you know more than four guys. So. Um, I think Dallas is very interesting at 2,500. They get to generate the most pressure on quarterbacks this year and facing, you know, an offensive line that's really struggling. So they're interesting. Uh, the other, the other defense, I mean, and I briefly mentioned it, uh, when we talked about, uh, the Detroit offense is, is new England at home at 2,900 against Jared Goff. I think that's interesting too. Yeah, that I was looking at that. I think the Seahawks maybe against New Orleans as well, uh, could be a spot you go to with Andy Dalton, the quarterback, but. I don't know. It feels kind of thin. There's not a whole lot there. Um, I The Panthers, I guess, maybe if you want to go there at $2,600, Jimmy Garoppolo tends to make some dumb decisions sometimes. So, um, and they have, an, you know, enough, I think, to get after the quarterback, stuff like that, that maybe they could, uh, you know, cause problems, especially with um, oh, their left tackle. Um, the 49ers left tackle. Um, Trent Williams. Who? Yeah, Trent Williams not playing in that game. Uh, I think is going to affect that as well. So, um, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I don't really have anybody up top that I really feel like you just absolutely have to get to or anything like that at defense. Um, I know people are going to want to play like the Jaguars and, and stuff like that. Uh, I won't, you know, maybe the dolphins at $3,200. If you, ha- you have the money to get to it, uh, you could do that, especially with Zach Wilson, who uh, can definitely turn the football over, but I'm just not one that likes to pay defense. Once again, we say it every time, but Generally speaking, I pretty much just make my team and then whatever defense fills in from there, I'll just pick one and, and just keep it moving. I mean, I don't put a lot of, you know, I don't yeah. put it. Yeah, I'll probably end up with Dallas, and, and I'll keep saying it. I think Turpin's going to have a return touchdown at some point uh, this year, maybe, maybe probably more than one. Um, so I think they're definitely a, a defense that you can play every single week, especially when they're 2,500. The only only concern with Dallas is, is they're currently the highest zone defense at 15%. So. I, I hate playing chalky defenses, but there's not really anything down at 2,500 that, um, you know, stands out as a defense that could outscore him. Yeah. So let's. Russell Wilson is awful. He just by the it. way, how do you do that? <laughs> Why would you even be throwing the ball in that situation? Like, oh my god, we're so off. I'm gonna go off track, but like I just saw that happen, and I'm like, all you have to do is run the ball, kick a field goal, and the, the Colts have not been able to do anything through this game. So now you just gave them an opportunity. All they have to do at most is go down and kick a field goal. Judy was wide open goal. too. What do you what do you think? What do you think our boy? Uh, oh, he wasn't wide open. Okay, I, I missed that. He looked more open on the on the live action of it where it was overhead. I didn't see the obviously couldn't see the linebackers on the underneath. That makes it even worse. That was like like that was just a terrible play. Like God, Russell Wilson. Um, what do you think our boy Ben is is thinking he has right to now? Be, you know, get Drew Locke back here. <laughs> uh, trade trade Russ for Geno Smith, right? Yeah, maybe they can make that work. Seattle would never. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and let's make this lineup uh for, for this week. Um 
I just, uh, I'm just going to make an executive decision. We're just going to lock in Justin Herbert, 7,100. Okay. If we're playing him, then uh, Mike Williams will be one of our stack pieces. All right. And then I'm going to go with Everett. All right. Let's – there's obviously a couple runback pieces. Like we can play Chubb. We can play Hunt. Um, we can play Amari Cooper. Actually, I'll make it easier. I'll go Josh Palmer instead. Okay, then I'll make the I'll just make the run back in, in Joku. Yeah. Fill out our tight end spot there. <clears throat> All right. Running back, I'm gonna go with um I'm gonna go Damian Pierce at sixty two hundred. That means we need another running back, wide receiver, flex, and defense at fit five one seven remaining. Um let's go uh let's go with Ramondre. I wonder I don't know if, I don't think there's gonna be enough to make this work, but I'm gonna try it. Um oh actually I think we could. I was gonna say AJ Brown and then go Hollywood for a little mini stack. But we could go Devonta Smith. That's that's literally what I was trying to plug in was Smith and and Hollywood. I just can't find Hollywood. Where's what's his price? Seventy. Oh, that's why because I was down in the six K range. Yeah, he's seventy two. So I got him. So that leaves two. Oh, is there a two K? Is there a two K uh, defense? Here's what we can do: drop Ramondre to Mostert and play Dallas. There you go. Because I was I was gonna say Mostert until I went to Stevenson. I'm telling you, I think Mostert's going to break one of these slates here soon. He's 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 heavily involved, man. He's getting all the touches for them. All right, <laughs> this is the lineup. I like. I really do like this team. I I do too. <laughs> Shoot, <laughs> I might play this as my main team this week. So we got Herbert, Damian Pierce, uh, Mostert, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Devonta Smith, David Njoku, Hollywood Brown, and Cowboys D with no dollars remaining. So uh, I really do like that team. Um, quite a bit. Uh, Walido, thoughts in this lineup? Brady, Brees Hall, Raheem Mostert, Cup, Jefferson, Godwin, Auten, Pickens, and Texans D. Let's see. Running backs are good. I like Hall. I like Mostert. Brady to Godwin and Otten sounds good. Has both Cup and Jefferson with Pickens as a, as a shot in the dark value, which is fine. Yeah, I'm good with it. Yeah, I mean, a little uh, – I, I like that. I think it's a little bit different. Uh, with Brady and Godwin being highly owned, I think adding Otten into that uh, really makes it a lot different. Um, if you're going to play some chalk plays, I think you obviously need one or two guys that are a little no, bit off Nobody that. will have Cup and Jefferson. Yes. So, so I, I think this line is pretty unique. Field. Yep. Yeah. Agree. So, yeah, I think it's pretty solid. I think you're on the right path there, Walido. So – Anyways, uh, be sure to, if you haven't already, be sure to jump into our free Discord. It is absolutely free. I'll put a link in the description of the podcast. If you're listening to this through podcast, like I said, it's absolutely free. We have DFS, Redraft, uh, you know, just Dynasty, whatever you're into, player props, betting. Uh, that chat is getting really, uh, getting pretty lit as well. So be sure to jump over there. And then, um, so, so anyways, I appreciate everybody checking out the show. Hope everybody wins a lot of money this week. Uh, if you haven't already come check us out on youtube hit that like and subscribe button and we will see you guys next week as we do it again and i think Debro is going to be back he's been suffering a little bit of a you know a sand in the the nether region if you will um recently but uh <laughs> anyways appreciate everybody checking out the show let's win some money this weekend 
We out. Think you can tell me what to do? You know who you're talking to? Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.